Welcome to The Favorites. I'm Blackjack Fletcher, and joining me today is a legendary human being, a man who needs no introduction, Paul LaDuca. Paulie, how we doing? Doing well, Blackjack. How are you? I'm spectacular. And also joining us today, special guest, a man who has to be rethinking his retirement after all the contracts given out this week in the NFL, Jeff Schwartz. Glad to be here. I, am I a special guest to a podcast that I was previously a big member of? Yep, sure are. Okay. Thanks, Chad. Good. Thanks. Just, just wondering, but I'm glad Dick. to be back. It's glad to talk. It's been a, a fantastic week of, of NFL action, and we have the tournament, too, which just sweating out conference championship games as we record this. We are, we are going to dig into all of that, but first, I just want to let everyone know that uh, the Action Network, we're going to be out in Las Vegas for March Madness. We're going to have a big event on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Pacific time at uh, Mabel's Barbecue in the Palms Hotel and Casino. Yeah, you heard that right. Mabel's Barbecue at the Palms. Uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Paul's going to be there. I'll be there. Chad, that insufferable nerd Darren will be there. Uh, some other people. So make sure you, uh, if you're going to be in Vegas Wednesday night, make sure you stop on by and uh, come see us. Paul and I are actually heading back to Las Vegas on Sunday. Oh, yes. We were there last week. Um, Paulie, what do you, what do you want to tell everyone about our trip to Vegas last week? How was it? It was a bundle of fun. It really was. <laughs> um, a lot of people stare at you with your hat and your outfit. You got a lot of compliments. Um, we had a very good first day. We walk over to the golden nugget. We hit a 50 to one shot in the horses. We're off and yep. rolling. And then just sort of petered out after that. The fun didn't never petered out at all. No, no. Not at all. I mean, um, I don't know. Like, as soon as I step in, in the state of Nevada, I just like to dance. <laughs> this son of a bitch did not stop dancing anywhere we went. We would walk by a bar. He would hear music and literally just dance his way in right up to the front. Just wouldn't stop. There was a waitress in the Golden Nugget that I think was terrified of you. She was a tiny bit terrified, but when she saw me move my hips, I saw her looking from the corner of her eyes. <laughs> then, then Paul and I proceeded to drive across Death Valley to L.A. from Vegas. And again, Paul did not stop singing the entire time. Well, see, here's the thing. Who's the guy that's late, <laughs> late, late night? James Corden. What's his name? Yeah, karao- carpool yeah. karaoke. I've been Would doing be carpool karaoke when he was in diapers, okay? I did carpool karaoke... Like literally when Instagram started and then I sort of shut it down because I got pulled over by a police officer and the police officer said, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing carpool karaoke and I have a lot of fans I need to satisfy over here. Why why did you just choose the arbitrary start date of Instagram? What do you mean? I just started singing karaoke. People love it. If you ever go on to my Instagram, I'm I'm Go ahead, Paul. Sorry, my mic went out there. <laughs> Paul, Paul's mic cut out. Paul, are you? I could see you being like a like an '80s music. Oh yeah, you're a oh, big, big I mean, '80s guy. Oh yeah, Lips you tell me, Steve Perry and Journey got nothing on me. Oh, Paul, the the highlights were Paul singing his walk up song for his entire career, which is a Bee Gees song, "Staying Alive." Okay. Um, and then we were. I don't know if you've ever done that drive, Jeff, from Vegas to L.A. But at one I've point, many times. you kind of turn a corner and you're just like flying down the side of a mountain. And it's a real steep grade. 
And that's when Paul chose to sing uh, It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. And I don't know, I really must have liked it because I just found myself dropping the pedal to the floor. And we were flying down that mountain at like 80 miles an hour. Uh, just just blaze on I-15. Yep. That, that can be, a, that can be a, a fun drive. Well, not, it's not really fun. It could be a fast drive or it can be one accident and be the worst drive of your life. It is true. It wasn't but, too bad. We, we, we no, did pretty well until we got to L.A. But uh, Paul and I will be out in Vegas starting on St. Patrick's Day, and we'll be out there for eight days. So uh, if any of you guys are out there, hit us up. We'd, uh, we'd love to meet up with yeah, you. And if you want any, any requests, Celine Dion's not my only. Whitney is up there, too. So, oh. like, if you want any requests of me singing with Blackjack, because, I, see, I am very – Schwartzy, the best part about it is all the videos that I made – I'm embarrassing the hell out of it. No, of, Paul, at, someone had to drive the goddamn car. It, like, someone me, had to make sure we didn't die. You were going 20 miles an hour. There's only one way, you know, you got to learn how to drive when the guy's entertaining you. Do yeah, entertain I've you? driven with you before, and that's why I drove this time. When I'm taking the role as the designated driver, there's a problem. But I've driven with you, and you're one road rage incident after another. I'm not a road rage. I drive like a New Yorker, which is normal. Paul, I was on the phone you with you. drive. Jeff, I was on the phone with him when he was in Saratoga, and he got into an argument with another driver and literally put the phone down and got out of the car to get into a confrontation. Hey, sometimes you need to make a point. He's wow. need to make a point. He's a wild driver. When we were I'm at the Breeders' Cup driver. in Kentucky, he's just screaming at people, I'm from New York, get out of the way. Did they get out of the way? Not really, Paul. Then I ran over him. I'm sorry. Did we have a good parking spot? <laughs> We sure did. We sure and that's the, all that was accomplished. Did we get arrested? No, no, we didn't. Okay, Not then yet. It was a good day. <laughs> all right, let's get into a little bit about what's been going on in the NFL. Uh, Jeff, obviously, Odell Beckham is the big news over the last 48 hours, traded by the Giants over to the Cleveland Browns. What, what are your initial thoughts on that? Well, for the Browns, it's awesome. I, I think they, they gave up, obviously, a first, a third, and, and a starting safety in Jabril Peppers. You add him in with Landry, who are their best friends. You just More weapons for Baker Mayfield are great. The Giants, I have no idea what they're doing. Nope. They seem to be rebuilding around a 38-year-old quarterback, which makes no sense whatsoever. What the Giants should have done, this is going to haunt them for 15 years because Sam Darnold shares their stadium with them. They should have drafted Sam Darnold last year at two, drafted a pass rusher this year at six and kept Odell Beckham or don't keep Odell Beckham. Don't sign him last year. Just full rebuild. Instead of drafting Saquon Barkley, having Eli Manning and then taking, I don't know, a quarterback at six. I don't think they're even beholden taking a quarterback. At I don't six. think so take, either. I think they're going to take best player available. It's, it's, I don't understand it. it. You know, they're an organization that forever was just run so well. And they like, have forgotten how to run an organization. Yeah, did I mean, Will, Will Pons buy into them? <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> I just, I don't understand the thinking of whether it's this year or next, you're going to have to bring in a young quarterback and taking away one of the best weapons in football that you could possibly give a young quarterback. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I understand the idea, by the way, of getting rid of a wide receiver if you're rebuilding. I understand that. That, to me makes total sense because a lot of teams should do that. A wide receiver is, an, is a bonus, right? You need to have <laughs> me, the other pieces in place. The problem is the other pieces aren't in place. So, so you know, I get why they got rid of him. But 
again, he's a playmaker, and if you're going to bring a young quarterback, you might as well have him there for for him. Yeah, I agree. So there's a lot of Odell Beckham props, Jeff, about whether he will lead the league in yeah. receiving yards, touchdowns, receptions. What, which one of these props kind of piques your interest a little bit? So I think over 1,100 yards. Uh, I did this this morning on, on, on I'll Take That Bet. If you look at his first three years, he had over 1,300 yards his first three years. Now, remember, they they didn't – you know, they, they didn't have anyone else to throw to. I was there for two of those years. Um, the last two years, he has not bent that mark because he's been injured. So two years ago, he missed most of the whole year. Last year, played 12 games, but had almost 1,100 yards. I think he just gets 1,100 yards. He's a playmaker. Think about mm-hmm. this. He takes short passes to the house. Yep. Seven-yard, 10-yard slant route goes, goes, goes 60 yards. He doesn't need to be catching long bombs to right. make this happen. So I think that's a big part of this is that the ability for him – to take short passes in, in this offense and go deep. I like 11, over 1,100 yards. Yeah, I, I like the over 8.5 touchdowns, too. His total this past season was 7.5, and, and I think that Baker Mayfield is going to love having him in the red zone. I mean, he he's that big-bodied guy that you just throw it up to. I mean, he's he's going to make life just so much easier for Baker Mayfield when, when they get close to the end zone. He is. I, and, and, you know, the one question is, is do you think that – the yards will have to be split up between Landry and Njoku and Chubb and all the guys they have, and maybe he doesn't get a lot. I, I think that could be concern, but again, I I think if you're choosing one prop for Odell, it's over that 1,100 yards because he, he shouldn't be he should not be injured three years in a row. Right, Paulie, what 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 prop do you like about this? I, I like the over 1,100 yards as well. I, when he was in New York, there was, he he was really their only option. So now with multiple options, and I think. Uh, Jeff makes a very key point. Listen, he went to college with, with Landry. I mean, they were best friends, and it seemed like he was like a little bit, tiny bit lost maybe in New York. Like sometimes he didn't want to be there. He he's got that little bipolar personality every once in a while, so you don't really know where he sits. And you know, now he's got his best friend he can go play with in Javar, who's a very quality receiver as well. Javar. I mean, excuse me. Uh, Wait, Landry. What's his first name? You say Joe Farr? What, what, no, Javar. That's what I said. Oh, Are you guys deaf? His name is not Javar. What's his name? Oh, Jarvis. Jarvis. Oh, Jarvis. I, was like, I was like, what do you? I was like, I was like Jafar from Aladdin. What are you no. talking? I was like, what are you talking? No, I have Jarvis. him on my phone. I have him as Jarv on my phone. That's why I call you him. have him as Jarv. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean, Jar? Like, where, where do you, where do you you tubbed out Jarv? Like, you have notes. No, I'm just telling you that Odell Beckham is going to go over 1,100 yards. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, my point is, is we're talking about, if we're going to talk about Beckham, right, and obviously we're going to talk about Bell and Antonio Brown, are they three of the biggest clowns in all of football? I'm going to ask you that question, Jeff. Why are um, those three guys? Well, Jeff, you know, Le'Veon, Jeff, Le'Veon Bell went to Twitter. All right, hold on, hold on, Paul. Off of that question, Jeff, you just said that you played with Odell Beckham for two years. Yeah. What kind of a teammate is he? Because we hear all this stuff that, you know, he's a he's problem. Fine. And honestly, it sounds like a lot of nonsense that people are complaining about in the media. How was he in the locker room? He's a great teammate. Um, this is why I'm not concerned about most of what's happening with with they're talking about him being a distraction. That's why. He went to Cleveland. He's going to be a distraction in Cleveland. I don't think that at all. 
I think the Giants viewed him as a distraction. For whatever reason, Pat Shermer mm-hmm. did not get along with Odell. I don't know what that was. Um, he's great in the locker room. He's a good leader. Uh, guys love him. He works his tail off. You know, they, they talk about the passion. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, does it get a little overboard? Would, would I prefer that a player of mine, if I was an ownership or in coaching, did not propose to kicking net? Yeah, I would. But wide receivers are in a position where they're, it's very me-centric, right? You have to win one-on-one battles all the time. And, yes, they're going to be more me-centric than other players on the football field. So I'm fine with his attitude because he comes to play on Sundays. I get it that he comes to play, but listen to me. As a coach, and you've been on the field, I don't care how big of a dick you are. When you're the best player, the head coaches, you have to get along with them. You have to. The reason right, I don't know if Shermer, like I'm not sure Shermer even gave, it a chance, gave them even a chance to get along. You have to. You, even if you hate the guy, the manager has to get along with your best player. And that was the problem in New York the whole time with Beckham. And he did stupid stuff on the sideline like kicking nets. He did just stupid stuff that projected him as being a problem. And the worry is, is you're right. Shermer, listen, okay, you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy. But for you to win, he needs to succeed. And you can already tell that Odell Beckham is a guy that listens to the media he is a guy that is very sensitive. So if you don't like him, screw you. That's pa- the way this kid Paulie, plays. Did, did you ever not get along with the manager? Yes, of course. Who? Jack McKeon is – I love Jack as a person. Worst manager I ever played for. <laughs> I don't, still don't know how he won a championship. He didn't even know did. your name, did he? No, he called me DeLuca. <laughs> didn't even know my name. What and about Davey Johnson? Davey Johnson was the best manager I played for, but he hated me. Why did he hate you? I don't know. I remember who could hate you. No, I remember in Philadelphia, I I, I was uh, I played a game like he played me like once every 1999. I made the team at spring training. He played me like once every 20 days. So I'm in Philadelphia and I had a bad game. And then um, I played two games in a row because Hunley was hurt. And then I went like 0 for 8 and struggled. And he just came to the to the, to the hotel bar and I was sitting there with Hunley. And he just came up to me and bought me a shot and goes, you suck. You need to be drunk. Play, play better. Hang over. Hang over. <laughs> Little did he know that was going to be a trend. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So um, Paul mentioned Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and we'll get to, to individual props on them in a minute. But, Jeff, there's something I want to ask you about because I'm looking at it and I, I just can't believe it. The AFC North division futures – the Cleveland Browns are favored at plus 125, the Steelers are plus 250, the Ravens at plus 275, and the Bengals at plus 800. Where are you putting your money on the AFC North teams to start this season? This is absolutely wild. The answer is the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 250. I kind of agree with you. This is crazy. Think about this in the NFL. We, we do this all the time, right? The winner of March, we assume, will be the winner come January. It almost never happens that right. way. Are the Browns talented? Yes, they 100% are talented. I'll give them that. John Dorsey's done a great job. However, they have a second-year quarterback. They have to put all these personalities together. They have a new a new uh, uh, defensive coordinator. And most important, head Freddie coach. Kitchens is the new head coach. He's never been a head coach. He's only been a coordinator for like eight games on a team that, was, that had no pressure whatsoever. The pressure is all on Freddie Kitchens now. Remember this, too. This is important, I think. No one was trying to hire him, okay? I don't think the Browns even wanted him to be the head coach. He just was kind of there after everything, all the dust settled, right? No one even interviewed him, and my, I don't think so, to be the head coach of any other no, job. No, but wasn't. the Browns hired him to be their head coach. So let's let's pump the brakes. The Steelers, by the way, 
were were ninth in overall DVOA last year. That's without Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown was obviously there. Juju's still there. James Washington can play wide receiver. They lose their tight end. That's a that, that that's a concern. Jesse Offensive James. line is still good, but their defense improved throughout the year. So I, I think it's wild to you. You will not find better value on on Pittsburgh than you have now. Also, the Steelers have have maybe the best offensive line in football. Yes. Um, now, Paul, I heard you grunting a minute ago. What what are your thoughts on the AFC North? Well, I mean. You look at Baltimore, okay, what's the Lamar, Lamar Jackson's experiment? Is is that going to roll over to year two or are teams going to figure that out uh, uh, quickly? But Baltimore still is going to have a solid, solid defense. So I'm with both of you guys. I think Pittsburgh is the play in here. Um, I, I truly think since the Antonio Brown Facebook thing a while ago, he's just been a guy in that locker room that, yes, he's been the best player, but good riddance. It was good riddance with Bell. Um, midway through the season and now they can just sit there and play football instead of worrying about all this other stuff and I get it Cleveland did get better but again losing has been a disease in Cleveland and until yes. they win my mm-hmm. money is not going yeah. there and you know something else to talk about with the Steelers is they've been a team that's been an underperforming team when they've been favored most years I think you're going to see Pittsburgh this year kind of doubted I, I think I they're going to be questioned and I think that's going to motivate them a little bit totally agree all right, so let's talk a little bit about Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, he signs with the Jets, a uh, $61 million deal with the Jets. There are uh, props on his rushing yards, receiving yards, and touchdowns out there. I personally like the prop that he's going to go over 600 and a half receiving yards because I think he's the safety valve for Sam Darnold that he's been missing. Um, he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. He can line up at wide receiver. I don't know about 1,200 yards on the ground, but I think he does go over 600 receiving. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about Le'Veon Bell? So I, I like this play because I think he'll have more of an impact in the receiving game than, than, than the rushing game for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I do think to your point that he will be used as a blanket for, you know, they'll screen pass some and they'll use a, a lot of interesting ways to get him into the offense. But secondly, and more important, he has a very unique style of rushing the football, right? He kind of hides behind the big offensive line that, that Pittsburgh had, the big old guys, and they run a lot of plays that go vertically, right? They go up the field right away. Um, and he's able to hide behind those big guys, find a seam, and then go. Adam Gase, the, the, the Jets head coach, while they run some of those same plays, he's more of a zone, uh, a zone run scheme. He's more diverse run scheme. And Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if he's good in that. Because that's more of a one cut and go. You don't you can't dance behind the line of scrimmage and 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 go because the backside's not blocked very well and there's a timing element to it. So I, I do wonder if um that that's gonna be something that takes a little bit of time to work out. So I'm interested to see how that plays out uh throughout the season. Polly, what do you what do you got on the Le'Veon Bell props? I'm with you on the receiving yards. Um I'm glad that he took the Twitter to like really go oh my god so many decisions i gotta make oh uh, it was one team he was a, that was all media hype to get him more attention it was that was a joke no one was, no one was trying to sign him they, that was a joke, that that was a joke. You, to, for you to go to twitter and put that out there clown clown status already Ooh. so but i will give him this he chose not to shy away from the biggest city in the world so he's going to new york i'll give him that there's gonna be a lot more people in his locker room and the expectations are going to be giant listen new york fans want to win now especially with beckham gone um out of the other side of the locker room 
a lot of Jet fans are hyped, think they're going to win this division now, and that's the way the Jet and Met fans work. When they get something like that, they're like, oh, World Series or Championship. They're, they're, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Um, does he make them better? Of course. But I still think he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, and I'm with you. I think he's going to be Darno's safety valve all year. All right, so that uh, those are our Le'Veon Bell props. Paulie, you brought up Antonio Brown before. Obviously, he's traded to the Raiders. Jeff, first, before we get into the props, let me ask you, what do you think about what Pittsburgh got back for him? I mean, a third and a fifth. It feels like very little for a guy who's been the best wide receiver in football for the last, you know, four or five years. Well, a couple of things here is the general public way overvalues wide receivers compared to what the National Football League values them at, okay? And I do think it's interesting here. I wonder if Antonio Brown was kind of playing up the craziness because as soon as he got, as soon as he was traded, he he got rid of the, the blonde mustache. He cleaned up, right? He got it looked like he well, he definitely cleaned his facial hair. I think he got a haircut too. Like he looks clean, he looks well put together. Mm-hmm. He might have just been like playing everybody, but I think that his trade value was so um, low because of the added contract incentive. So not only were you getting Antonio Brown, you had to pay him more money. And a lot of teams were not willing. Give him that extra deal. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll trade for you, sure. But we're not giving you extra money. So I think that was a big part of this, too, is that uh, the value of trading for a player like him in his 30s plus the contract demands made it so that teams were just not looking forward to, to, to paying the player. Right. And that's why you got him for a three and a five. Now, I mean, listen, Oakland's been easy to kind of mock over the last you know year. But, I mean, essentially, they turned Amari Cooper into a first-round pick and Antonio Brown. I mean, I, I, I got a hard time criticizing well, that. I'm not sure that's a fair comparison because when they traded Amari Cooper, which was a good deal for them at the time, there, there was no thought of Antonio Brown. Right. The the question, the, the thing I have about this, though, is that you said you had a plan of rebuilding. Well, this is not a plan of rebuilding. What you should have done is you should have paid Amari Cooper and paid Cleo Mack, and you'd have a difference maker at defensive end, a premium position in the National Football League, and a young wide receiver who we saw in Dallas was much better as a player than he was in Oakland. So I, I don't I don't know if, if it's – I like what they did, but it's not really an apples-to-apples apples upgrade because they came about it two different ways. Like You can't say that, that they got – you know they, they basically traded Amari Cooper to get Antonio Brown. Those are two separate right. transactions. And, and and they kind of and they kind of contradict each other because one of them is more of like okay we're going with youth and we're rebuilding don't want to pay our guy to like well never mind we're going to go ahead and get Antonio Brown now okay did right, Antonio so- Brown ever hug Ben Roethlisberger like he hugged Derek Carr what I don't I don't I don't watch a press conference. What are you talking what do you mean? about? He went to Derek Carr's house personally and gave him a yeah. giant hug. Derek Carr blocked even, me on Twitter for do you some guys reason. Pen- Derek Carr blocked you on what Twitter. What the fuck you are you do? two talking about? What do you mean Antonio Brown went to Derek Carr's about. house last yesterday and gave him a hug? Do you are you oh. on social media? All right, I'm looking at the picture right now. Yes, he that, that that's a pretty big embrace. It's a it's a huge embrace, a giant. Embrace. It's like when you and I see each other in the airport in Vegas, Paul. Exactly. I I love you that much. That's but their sweet. pants are on, right? Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I love, the best part about any of these podcasts, <laughs> by the way, is Matt laughing in the background. It's by far that's our chuckler. The best thing about the best thing about the podcast. Ford. I text Matt like once a week. I'm like, dude, your laugh this week is is outstanding. Um, How um, much for a naked dance on Fremont during March Madness? 
Polly, no, no. Oh, okay. Polly would do it though. Yeah, Blackjack's more reserved, brother. Yeah, the first, right. the the minute he stepped out of the hotel onto Fremont Street, he heard the music and just started dancing immediately. But, but, but I think he wants to go over to the Chippendales booth and pull, dance with those guys. I put on a show. I mean, you haven't seen anybody pull shapes like that in a while, <laughs> Polly. If you were. Both you guys. So if you were sitting next to my wife as she's playing blackjack and she hit on a hard 16 um, with a dealer showing a five, what would your reaction be? I would, I would not well, be a well, fan I, of I that I wouldn't movie. do anything. Well, I, would just leave, I would just leave the table. Well, she, did actually, she, actually, she actually doubled down. Because uh, <laughs> um, the last time I was in Vegas was like a weekend before you guys. And uh, we were at the, we well, were here's the deal. The street, she, are you and, standing over her or is she by herself? No, I was sitting next to her. I was out of. And I had the I worst the weekend gambling, and it was a five dollar table. And she want, She knew she's a bad gambler, so she's like, "I want to go play cheap table." So we left the Cosmo, went to Fremont. She actually went to the. We went to El Cortez, and then went to Fremont. Yes, and we're gambling there for three hours, and she was the just El playing Cortez. like five dollars a hand, and then eventually <laughs> I was out of money, and she hit on a. She doubled down on a hard sixteen. So the dealer showing a five, and she got a four, and then won the hand, and I, I turned to someone next to me and said did that really happen and they said yes and i went to get a drink afterwards i don't drink mm-hmm. and actually that her gambling forced me to have a drink that night i don't drink either what do you mean you don't drink we drank every night we were in las vegas oh no yes beer we... is good I, it's good for after you work out didn't you know that like a lot of what? bodybuilders use that you they did to drink beer after they work out that's what the irish fighters used to do in the 1500s that's what i was doing paul excuse me th- they didn't know anything about like nutrition or anything it was the exactly. 1500s i've was been doing to gold's gym and in Venice, and I promise you, they're not drinking beer after yeah, they get. Let me tell you something. You guys need to start googling this stuff. I was working out in my room, going down <laughs> to the bar and getting beer because beer brings. I need to put weight on muscle. It's like what they used to do back in the day. It's like new thing. Pick up. Speaking about putting on it's a new thing, but it's too. what they did in the 1500s. Yes, Speaking about putting it's on back. Weight, a, a buddy of mine who is is in Read the process of retirement. House. Gosh. <laughs> I had lunch with him yesterday. He said when he was playing, he's lost like a bunch of weight. But he said when he was playing, he had to have two 2,000 calorie shakes a day to keep his weight up. I can believe it. I used to go to spring training at I about that problem. 200 and then come home at like 175. Well, you weren't drinking enough beer. No, I drank a lot of beer. <laughs> but the problem is, is just when you're catching 140 games, you just you can't keep the weight on. You just can't. It's impossible. All right, so um, let's move on to Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles signs with the Jaguars. Uh, we've got three props on him: over under twelve and a half interceptions, over under thirty five hundred and a half yards, and over under twenty one and a half touchdown passes. Jeff, any of these intrigue you? I think under twelve and a half interceptions. I mean, you brought him in to not throw interceptions; otherwise, yep. you just would have kept Bortles in there. Um, I do not think that Nick Foles is going to be the same player he was in Philly, but you brought him in there for that exact purpose. And remember, the last time he was a full-time starter, he only threw two interceptions in a year. Now, that's different offense, obviously, but I think I think you're looking at a quarterback that will throw under 12 interceptions. Polly, what about you? Hmm. It's, this is, to me, this is sort of a double-edged sword, right? You bring in a guy um, to get rid of Bo- Blake Bortles, who everybody's been wanting to get rid of forever. And why? Because Blake Bortles makes so many mistakes. But what is Nick Foles? He's somewhat of a riverboat gambler, and 
Is he? I don't know. That's sort of a good question. I'd probably stay away from any prop. Um, I think a lot of people think that the Jaguars are going to be a lot better. I think they will too because I, I like Foles. I just like the way he leads and he leads like very quietly, but he leads by example and throws a very soft ball. He's such an upgrade compared to Bortles. And I'm, I'm talking just upstairs in his head. But I'm a little worried about the interception part. And the reason why is because he'll, he'll take a little bit more chances. I think towards the end, Blake Bortles got so scared, it sort of just backfired on him. And he'll probably – I'd like to ask you, you this, Jeff. You think that Blake Bortles will ever start a game in the NFL again? I'm sure he'll yeah. be on a team and he'll start at some point, but not as the starter. No, no. I mean, will, like no an everyday will. starter. I'm t- another no, shot. He's, is what no, I'm he's done with that. Wow, that's crazy. All right, so I, I kind of like the interception one as well, Jeff. I mean, we've seen he can be careful with the football, um, and I don't think they're going to ask him to do a lot. Just don't screw it up. I mean, I, Bortles was just a damn train wreck. Gosh, he? Um, he was Paul. Hmm. Um, Paulie, we've got conference championships going on in, in college hmm. basketball this week. Hmm. Do you have <laughs> Do you have any plays for anyone? Maybe tonight or tomorrow? Anything that people should be throwing their money on? Well, I got plays for everybody. I know, I know. Um, what do you got? What's your best? I one? like the Washington Huskies today against the USC Trojans. Maybe a little karma. Karma? Why? I don't know. Scholarships for the polo team. Oh, you're talking. Okay, okay. You're talking about Aunt Becky. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the Huskies are the best team in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is it's not weak saying as a can lot. be. Yeah, it's weak as uh, can be, and they might be an out early. But I, I like them, and the game just went off. Okay, so maybe anything a little later in the day, since we're recording this right now? Yes, I'm going to give you something that's going to blow your mind. Please do. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Seton Hall minus three. Oh, it's not going to blow your mind. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I like how you put... You know, you 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 took uh, you you laid the twenty seven and a half points with New Mexico State. <laughs> yeah, I did. I laid the twenty seven and a half. Somewhere, um, right. Paulie. What's your by best... the way? I'm I'm bet USC. Washington has been awful the last the last five games of the season. They have been atrocious. Just side. All right. Well, again, that game's happening right now, so we should probably give people something they can bet later in the night. I feel like I feel like Syracuse. I feel like everyone's going to jump on Duke tonight because of of Zion being back. I don't really like it, but I feel like that could be interesting. Just I like the under the in that game. Um, you know who I like? I like Long Beach State tonight. Okay. How about that? Long Beach State. There it is. There it is. All right, great. So now it's it's time for everyone's favorite time of the week. It's story time with Paul LaDuca. Oh, no. <laughs> now, Paulie, I want to preface this by saying I have not heard this story yet. Uh, it's been told to me briefly by the chuckler. Um I heard there was a time you got lucky. Uh, maybe some high lie involved. Yeah, this is a good, great spring training story. Um, I was with two of my friends, Billy Neal and and Mike Metcalf. Now, Billy Neal in nineteen ninety six. Metcalf. Yeah, Billy Neal was nineteen ninety six. He was the pitcher of the year in the Florida State League, and Mike Metcalf was a first round pick in ninety six out of the University of Miami. So every Wednesday night, you'd go to Fort Pierce highlight because it was dollar beer and 50 cent oh hot dog my night. God, Fort Pierce is a shithole. Oh, yeah, I think per capita at the time it had the worst yeah, like, it's yeah, bad. murder ratio. In the world. It's not a good place to go. Yeah. Now, Metcalf was from Orlando, so he had a car, even though we're living on Dodger Town. So we hop in his Jeep, the three of us. We go down to the Fort Pierce highlight. It's Wednesday night. We start getting loaded a little bit. 
and we're playing the ponies. You gotta understand, it's an OTB too. So we're playing the late night ponies and the dogs. At that time at night, they're really, horses don't really run at like seven o'clock, somewhere in that area. Um, maybe you'll get the back end of some of the, the California cards. So we're there to, you know, mess around, watch the highlights. But here comes out this guy named Timmy. I'm like, Timmy? And he's like six foot four, 250 pounds. I mean, this guy, maybe even more, like 280 pounds. So they play singles and they play doubles, if you're not familiar with Highline. So he's playing singles and he's the number one, which means when you're the number one, you got a giant advantage. You come around a lot. So he gets buried in the first first game and we start laying into him. We're, we're, we're saying if it was a hamburger, you would have got that, Timmy. We're just burying this poor guy. So now it comes back around and here he comes out again um, and he gets buried again. And we're just absolutely crushing them to the point that when you go to highlight Fort Pierce highlight, it's got like a backdrop and it's chicken scratch and it's sort of like theater seating. So you go all the way up. So there's like a big crowd. This guy is in our face. MF and us, I'm going to meet you guys in the parking lot afterwards. And we were laughing because, you know, we're separated by chicken scratch and we're drunk. So <laughs> about two games later, I look in the program, it's Timmy and Jose, they're playing doubles. Now, the one thing that Timmy did have, he was so big and strong, he could play the back line and throw it. So I knew in doubles, he would be a monster. So <laughs> I look on the program, he's 10 to one on the morning line. So we go back out there and I tell Mike Metcalf, because Billy Neal really didn't gamble, he was there to drink. I go, give me 21 bucks. He goes, all right. So we went, $42 each, or I mean $21 each, 42 bucks, and we wheeled Timmy and Jose, they were the four, over everybody in the trifecta. So now he comes walking out, and you can see he's staring at us. We still, we're, we're ripping on him because we want him to win now. <laughs> they run the table, run the table. And then he's looking at us like, you know, like, ah, I'm showing you guys. Meanwhile, we show him the ticket. And he gets even more upset. So now in Highlight, when you run the table, the four wins. Now they play the rest of the match out for second and third. So we're home. But you don't want it to be 4-1-2, 4-1-3. You want it to be high numbers because higher numbers are hard to get because you got to keep coming around. We end up getting like 4-7-6, and the trifecta pays $1,900. So now we hit for $1,900. That's more than we made last year. We made $850 the year before a month. Okay. So now we go sign the ticket. We had a, another guy sign the ticket. You do the 10% rule. You have some vagrant come in, sign the ticket for 1900 and you give him $200. This way it doesn't <laughs> go on your record. <laughs> Bottom line. And we start getting loaded. It's Fort Pierce. There's a lot of vagrants. Yes. So now... What happens in spring training, it's now, I look up, it's 945. We're about 12 beers deep, maybe three shots, all of us. Now you got to make the decision. You got to go to the local bar or are we going to Dodger Town? Now, when you go to the local bar, you got an hour, an hour and a half to take a chick out of there because you got to be oh, back God. at Dodger Town by midnight. Okay. So you got to make a decision very, very quickly. I, I can only imagine the decision you made. Well, here's the other thing now. Wednesday night was ladies' night. So, but here it's we are. Fort Pierce, Paul. No, we're driving back 
to Dodger Town. So you go, okay, so Vero Beach, a lot better. Ladies' night's going to be 50 and over. So we're driving back. We're driving. Okay, so it's either Miami subs or we're going to go to the club. So Metcalf is driving at this point. And we decide to go in the club. Of course. Well, here's the problem. When you go in the club on ladies' night and you play an A-ball, there's 50 other guys in there now from the organization right. that are there also, and there's big leaguers there. So you have no shot. So we walk in, and I'm like, Ugh. It was Karos, um, Tom Prince, a couple other guys were there. And then comes out the challenge. It's about 11, and... I'm like, hey, let's go back home. Let's go back to Dodger Town. We got to get out of here, man. Paul LaDuca, the voice of reason. Yes. Then the little devil came out. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to know I what hit, you refer to as the little no, devil. This is true. This is what happened. So there's this girl sitting over there in the corner with her, her friend. She's obviously the hottest girl in the bar. Every guy's taking, oh, guy taking a shot at her. So now all the guys in the big leagues are ponying up. And I'm like, I can get her to, to dance with me. And they're like, you have no shot. And I'm like, put up the money. So I did a little trick in Australia with Miss Australia. And I was going to pull the what? same trick. Here's what? the thing. What's going on? When I played over in Australia, <laughs> true story, Miss Australia was signing autographs. My buddies put up a bunch of money, said, you can't get her to dance. They put up $1,000. I went up to her, whispered her, whispered her in her ear. I am not weird. Please be quiet. You're going to get $500. Please be quiet. Yes. You're going to get $500. Do not look. Do not do anything. I am going to take you. I'm going to come back here and ask you for a dance when you're done signing autographs. Just take the dance and I will give you $500. Paul, and she said yes. This is terrifying. Okay. So it worked. And then we ended up hanging out a couple more times after that. And it's like, oh, did you? Yeah. Well. I have that knack on people. So <laughs> now the gauntlet is thrown down. Now, now the big boys are putting down like four or $5,000 for me to ask this girl, you know, they're like, get her to dance, get her to go. Now it's like, you got to get her out of here. I'm like, there's no shot I'm getting her out of here. So I got to go to my go-to move. Like I've done it five times. Oh and I, I've been hit three times and I've gotten lucky twice. All right, so, so you're, I, you're batting I, 400. Yeah, and I went up to her, and I dropped this line. Do you want to have a pizza and fuck? <laughs> oh, Lord. And so she like, just stared so, at me, and I so said... So like Netflix and chill, but... but no, I, oh, and she said, looked at me, and I said, what? You don't like pizza? <laughs> <laughs> and she lost it. Lost oh, it. Oh. Okay, so... I'm home. I'm home. I'm got her on the dance floor. She died laughing. Um, Jeff, thoughts? I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I mean, my thoughts. That's you, you want to get a pizza and fuck? Is legendary I mean, line? That, is that one you still use? Can't use it anymore. Too old. <laughs> No, I've gotten slapped and lit up a couple times, but... No, no oh, really? really? That, that's shocking. <laughs> but when it works, it's gold. You're in. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. When any pickup line works, it's gold. It's well, feels... I mean, that kind of pickup line's a little bold. That was the only way I could do it. It was like... <laughs> oh, It was really? five... I mean, if she would have hit me in front of 
50, 50 guys that obviously would have been pretty funny, but like, I mean, there was definitely some alcohol courage going into that line. All right. I really, I don't, I, I don't know what to say to that, Paul. I really don't. I mean, that. There's nothing to say. That, that story is, um, it's incredible. All I know is Timmy won me 1900 bucks. And, and you didn't, it didn't even involve a Denny's. No, Miami Subs. You ever eaten there? I think I've probably been to one. Are they even open anymore? Yeah, they are. Not bad. Try them out if you're in Miami. All right. Um, I, this feels like a good time to wrap this up. Uh, again, if you're in Vegas this Wednesday night, 7 to 10 Pacific, stop by the Palms Hotel and Casino at Mabel's. Uh, me, Paul, Chad, Darren, and some other people will be there, so uh, that'll be a good time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Favorites. Uh, for Paul LaDuke and Jeff Schwartz, I'm Blackjack Fletcher. Make sure you download on Apple Podcasts or radio.com slash the Action Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, 